Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Sidebar, Stories from the Courtroom by the Cape Cod Times. I'm your host, Wheeler Copperthwaite. On the ninth day of the Kelly Ridley murder trial on Monday, November 5th, 2018, the prosecution rested its case after presenting police and lab witnesses. After allowing the jury to leave for the day, Superior Court Judge Robert Rufo tried to wade through the contested, slightly contested, and uncontested issues surrounding the jury instructions. The clips you will hear are not necessarily being played in sequential order. What I'd like to do is just go over some topics and issues to be sure that I'm on the right track here with, with respect to the instructions that I'm going to be giving in this particular case. Much of the complication involves the interplay of self-defense as both a reason to be found not guilty of any homicide, but also as a mitigating factor to allow a conviction of voluntary manslaughter instead of second-degree murder. You will hear Rufo and Ridley's defense attorney, Christopher Belazos. Bottom of page one, Attorney Belazos writes, self-defense to the extent that such instructions are referenced in the requested voluntary manslaughter instructions. So are you conceding that there's no self-defense instruction that I should give initially? Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult because the voluntary instructions reference back to the instructions on self-defense and the defendant has conceded already that he does not have for shorthand a perfect self-defense um, which would result in a not guilty and he, he hasn't argued that to this jury um, and would not argue to, the, uh, to this jury at the time of closing. Um, if the court finds that there is a basis for an excessive force and self-defense instruction and the court thinks that what the voluntary manslaughter um, portion, pages 72 on, is sufficient, then I'm content with that. The only reason I even raise it, Your Honor, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm open to the court's sort of sense on this. The only reason I raise it is when you go through the voluntary manslaughter, excessive use of force and self-defense, it talks about, I've already instructed you on self-defense. It sure it, does. It does, however, cover the essentials within the voluntary manslaughter. So if the court thinks that to avoid any confusion or misdirection to this jury, given a lot of the rulings courts already made based on the concession to at least criminal homicide, if you think that's the better course, I'm comfortable with that. Belazos said during his opening statement that Ridley is at least guilty of criminal homicide, which means that he does not have a perfect self-defense claim, which could result in a not guilty verdict. Prosecutor Thomas Flanagan objected to the proposed instruction and said that the prerequisites required for a self-defense instruction had not been met. I suggest that what we have in this case is we have a defendant that introduced or threatened deadly force. Um, and then in a fistfight used a deadly weapon um, to stab the victim, uh, I suggest to, to the court that uh, I don't believe that there's evidence to satisfy either one of those two prerequisites that, that would have to exist to justify the giving of a self-defense, even to mitigate down to manslaughter, excessive force, and self-defense. 
Flanagan said Ridley precipitated the fight, brought a deadly weapon to it, and never tried to flee, eliminating, in his view, one of the three scenarios to step down second-degree murder to manslaughter. That there, there, there is a basis in the light most favorable to the defendant for an instruction, a mitigating instruction for a lesser-included manslaughter on two of the three theories of manslaughter. Just after 4 o'clock, Rufo wound up the arguments. All right, so here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to reserve on all this. I think we've had enough discussion for the afternoon. We'll meet tomorrow morning at 9. Jury's coming in at 9.30. If I have to have them wait a half hour, that's it. No problem. I'm going to digest all this. I'm going to look hard at page 80, because I think that's really the only thing I need to focus on. If Belazos presents any evidence, he will do so on Tuesday, November 6, 2018, which will be followed by closing statements, jury instructions, and then Ridley's fate will be in the jury's hands. Sidebar, Stories from the Courtroom, is composed of audio vignettes that complement our written court's coverage. For the rest of our reporting on this case, please visit our website, capecodtimes.com, or buy a copy of today's newspaper. I'm Wheeler Copperthwaite for The Times. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.